0: Hello and welcome to The Lens with me, Sarah Travers. Now, in this special one-off episode, I'll be handing over to my former colleague, Mary Louise Connolly, health correspondent for the BBC, who met two-weight world champion boxer Carl the Jackal Frampton MBE at a recent business in the community event. Now, Carl has proven himself as one of the world's leading professional boxers, quickly climbing the ranks by winning both the IBF and WBA Super Bantamweight belts before going on to win the WBA Featherweight Championship. If you've ever seen Carl in the ring, he was one of the most exciting boxers to watch, operating with incredible punching power, intelligence and speed. Carl's background is interesting and complex, so you'll hear more about that in this episode of The Lens. Recently, Carl worked on a thought-provoking documentary for the BBC called Men in Crisis, focusing on the troubling reality of men's mental health. So listen in to find out more about what Carl discovered and find out how business leaders can spot the signs with their people.
1: I suppose your workplace was very much in the gym but also at home how important was it having someone like christine at home
2: oh really important i think yeah just having that that kind of someone who i suppose she'd done everything really when i was away and then just kind of took over done a lot so having someone that you can rely on and know that know that your kids are in safe hands and everything's going to be okay but that, that kind of I have a close family as well and that. that a you know, real family bond that we all have I think, is, was really important too.
1: Sometimes we feel diff- you know, that it's difficult to say out loud, I'm not having a good day. Mm-hmm. And if you know that your partner is at home with maybe two, three children, w- were you able to say to others, listen, I, I know I'm out in the gym and it might look as if I'm not having a real life were you able to admit to whether close family or christine things aren't great
2: for me later on in my career but maybe not not so much the family because i used to i when i was away training i I, first of all i trained in london and then i I trained in in manchester at the end of my career but it, it, it would have felt unfair for me to talk about the issues that I'm having yeah. Yeah, that's what with, I mean. when Christine's at yeah. home on our yeah. own so we I, did talk well to there was a big guy who was in the same boat as me, a guy called Stevie Ward, another boxer and he had a young family yeah. and a wife that he left behind as well to go and try and fulfil this, this dream of his and me and him without actually knowing it we pretty much counseled each other, like you mm-hmm. know, just having chats mm-hmm. on the sofa after training at night. So I, I think I think that was a, a, a big help for, for us both really.
1: That's really really good to hear because I find in the world that I work in and suppose live in as well, it's getting a lot better. But men generally don't talk the way us women can talk. Women talk about everything and anything we really can. You can meet a woman in the the public toilets while you're putting on your lippy and you can actually start saying, you know, got out of the house this morning, wasn't it hard? Men don't have that same personal Interaction, do you think it's
2: getting better? That I, I think I it, open up? It is, it is changing, it is getting better. And, and I think when you have guys like who's so a heavyweight champion of the world, Hase and Fury, very open about his, his mental health issues and struggles. Um, I think when you see someone like that, you know what, he's a he's six foot nine, yeah. you know. And
1: he can talk about <laughs> he, his face. Yeah,
2: and yeah, he can talk about it and open up. So I think the more the more we see people like that talking about it it just it becomes a bit more normalized but it's, it's generational isn't it like my my dad's generation that just didn't happen
0: yeah.
2: my generation is changing but the, my kid's generation you hope that, that, that it'll so be so by the time better. your son comes up you would hope that.
1: oh it, it will be yeah. now you've recently taken part in a bbc documentary called men in crisis how quickly did you say yeah i'm up for that um even though it wasn't yeah.
2: UTV, BBC. Yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty No hard feelings Sorry. But, uh, pretty quickly, if I'm, if I'm being honest. Um, I, I've never done anything like that yeah. before, so uh, when they reached out to me to be involved in it and, and told me what, what they had planned, um, I, I, wanted, I wanted to get involved. And obviously, there's a lot of issues with. Mental health—not just young men, but women as well—in my area where I'm from, North Belfast in particular, I, I know a lot of the issues. And I, I know the, 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 some of the struggles that people have, so I, th- I thought it was just important to get involved. And yeah.
1: what yeah. I said to you coming in was, I think it's brilliant for uh, young boys and girls to say, "Did you see your man, the boxer Carl, talking?" You know, hopefully they will get to see that documentary. Because if they see someone like you saying, I didn't have a great day, or I was feeling anxious, then that'll encourage other Younger, particularly boys, to, to, to own up and say the same. Yeah, look, I, I'm hearing I'm, that's the
2: sort of feedback, that I get yes, from definitely. people that have watched it. And it wasn't really about that for me, but it's a, if that's what what people are taking from it, then that's good. It was a, I really wanted the boys and the men that were on the, on the show to tell their stories, but obviously, then I was asked questions, and I was I was open as I could be, and people people seem to have got something out oh, of definitely. that. So you, know,
1: you love giving stuff things back into the community and I think for me and something that we don't have as much are the youth clubs that we had in my day and youth clubs were somewhere to go where you met your mates how important is that facility within a community
2: it's, it's massive um, and you're right there, there probably isn't as many yeah. clubs as he, when i was a kid Run i was in a club you know most nights of the week probably of some sort whether it be a sports club or or a youth club but i, I talk about my, my own amateur boxing club in, in tigers bay and i it's more than a boxing club it is a bit of a community center yeah. and there's people that come through the doors with all different sorts of issues and I think the coaches and the volunteers are the real kind of, you know, the lifeblood of the, the of, the of the community. Yeah, they are absolutely, yeah. um, and trying to man manage people, different people. You know, there's some people can deal with a uh, kick up the backside if they need it. There's other people you need to put their arm around. So my my old amateur coach always told me that he 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 felt like counsellor without any sort of actual qualification, the amount of people you know, for decades coming through with yeah, different issues. Yeah.
1: How many people in the audience are volunteers just in community sports clubs yeah, it's great uh, where I am in the Ormond Road, Rosario Youth Club, it has Irish dancing two or three times a week, they're now building a gym upstart fundraising, get a gym upstairs for, for boxing. Uh, there's football, there's everything going through that club, but it's really run by volunteers. Yeah. What what do you say about volunteers? No,
2: they're, they're great people, honestly, and, and I you know a lot of a lot of times and I'm re- reflecting back and, and comparing it to the, the my old trainer, Billy McKee, um, like he, he kind of there's a lot of his own family life that he missed out on as well because he's literally in the boxing club looking after these kids um, five nights a week and then travelling up and down the country as well Um, so they're so, so important really important
1: what can you do you, Carl, to give back into the community.
2: I, I, I think when when you're, whether you like it or not, if you're if you have a bit of influence in your community, yeah. um, you should use it to have a positive effect. And, uh,
1: and businesses can do that as well. And we know so many do very quietly behind the scenes. Yeah. They don't make a whole big song and dance about it. But there is a lot of volunteering and funding too.
2: Yeah. Well, and, and I think that, uh, that that's very good, obviously. And, and talk about people who do it quietly behind the scenes. Yeah. I like that as well because it it shows you that the care about people. It's not just about a photo okay. opportunity or anything like that. So, yeah, it's it's really important.
1: Right? Questions from the audience. Okay, man at the back there with blue jacket. Obviously, just, ha- just happen to have a microphone just here. To have a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to ask Carl. I know you've a, a son yourself, and I was just wondering, what advice would you be giving him as he goes through his life on on mental health?
2: Uh just to just to be open and, and, and honest with me and, and Christine as his, his mum and dad, I think that's that's really important and to share his stories. We ha- we've been saying that to him but I mean I think he's a bit of a grass too. he te- squeals on everybody, so there's a bit of a, a bit of a balance but um, no, just to be honest and, and, and tell us how he's feeling and
1: Does g- he ever say to you but your daddy you you box people? How can you tell me that whenever you box
2: no, him? No, uh, no, not really. He's, he's not that clever. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> he's a, um, but it, no, he's a good, he's a, he's a, he's a he's good, a good kid, kid, and and we just we just try to tell him to be yeah. open and, and share yeah. his stories with us and any issues that he have. Most of them, to be honest, are nothing, but they seem like a yeah. big deal in yeah. his yeah. wee world. So, yeah. yeah, it's just about talking,
1: isn't it? It is. It's all about talking. Another question. Lady in blue top. <laughs> Hi, um, I'm Nona Griffiths from Heron Brothers Construction Company Carl, I watched your documentary um, The Men in Crisis and, I, and I, I loved how you spoke to them it was it was a very impactful programme, I was blown away by it honestly um, I loved how you spoke with compassion and thoughtfulness to, to the guys and what what shocked you most about making that documentary?
2: Well, some of the issues really, when I spoke to the guys at, at West Wellbeing and some of the statistics that they showed me and They reckon that some of the statistics that are released aren't reflective of what's actually going on. Like, they're worse than than what we're led to believe. So, talking about some of the people that come through their doors and the age of these people, you know, they told me about... You think of people with with mental health issues, typically to be a, a bit my generation and younger, maybe a little bit older, but they're talking about people in their 80s coming through with real issues that they need help with. So... That was that was shocking for me, and and it's, it kind of it can affect anybody. Is is what I got from that.
1: I think what something that emerged through the pandemic, just loneliness. Lon yeah. And it's such a um, a simple word, but it's a it's a powerful thing. Yeah. Some an older person doesn't have to be an older person, but I think we realise during the pandemic comment if you were living on your own yeah. how many
2: people were just so lonely yeah absolutely I, I can't remember who it was that said it recently but I, I, I kind of agreed completely with it that someone had said about this whole statement the government statement that we're all in the same boat when we weren't really all in the same boat because no? I was lucky because I you know, have a nice garden and yeah. and a bit of space around me but you know, people living on their own in a high rise flat somewhere they're not the same boat as me absolutely so not. I, I didn't agree with that comp- at all. And, yeah, it was it was hard for a lot of people.
1: Any other questions? Yes?
2: It's a, it's a bit of a personal question, but I suppose it relates to a certain demographic of people too. Carol, I was just wondering, so when you're used to being a professional athlete for so long and you're used to training and having that sort of personal time and that headspace, how did you cope with retiring and not having all that training, all that exercise and all that personal time? Well, the, the thing... I, I hated training, if I'm being honest. So it was it was um, it was my job, like so I felt like I had to do it. It was it was hard, a hard draft and as the older I got the more injuries and I'm um, the, a lot of times training through injuries it was it was tough. So I was looking out at the end, if I'm being honest, and, and because I understood that I missed a lot of my time when my kids growing up, like I, I just wanted to, I wanted to be around them. A lot more. I think one of the other saving graces for me was some. I, I kind of overachieved; like I fulfilled my potential and more. Um, and I done more than I ever thought I could have done when I was a, a when I turned professional. So I was really satisfied with everything I'd done. There's other people who don't reach their potential, and there are the guys that I think struggle a little bit more than me, who who regret some of the decisions they made throughout their career, but. I I was one of the lucky ones. I I done I done more than I I wanted to, really.
1: So, might there be you might be hard on yourself, saying, "Well, because and you have achieved so much, what happens next? Are you under pressure to keep achieving?"
2: No, not no, not really. Um, I'm employed now by BT Sports, so um, I I work for them on the boxing, and I suppose that, that. keeps me involved in the sport that I owe so much to and, yeah. that, and that I love, but without doing anything too hard, literally just say what you say, you know, you watch a fight and you talk <laughs> about it, so... Um, the, the easiest job in the world I think but it's it's.
1: I always think that about when the football's on in the house at the weekend or well actually it's on all the time in our house and there you have this panel you know and they're they're just sitting talking about what they love yeah. I suppose that's what I'm doing now but they, they're doing it full time talking about football what better job can they
2: no honestly need? it's great when I, I again like there's hundreds of thousands of boxers who don't get the opportunities that I do to to go into a job like that but the
1: difference with you carl is you're grounded you come out you make yourself available to the members of the public you're a great family man you're a great sportsman, and you've been absolutely fantastic here today thanks very much thank you
2: thank you
0: absolutely incredible listening thank you so much to mary louise connolly bbc health correspondent And to Carl Frampton, MBE, for this insightful discussion around men's mental health. Every person is different. And those companies that can develop a human-centred approach to their people can really make a difference. And if your business would like help and support with well-being and inclusion, please do get in touch with business in the community at www.bitc.org.uk. Be kind to yourself and to others. Thanks for listening and tune in next time.